The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callaghan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. After a long process, recently Wellington Council approved two scooter companies to take part in an 18-month trial to see how last-mile mobility could work for the capital. One was Jump, a division of mega-transport company Uber, one of the biggest companies in the world, and one was Flamingo, New Zealand-owned and run by two blokes in their 20s. Their brand is called Flamingo. It's a vibrant pink. It uses the same high-quality Segway scooters as Jump that are better than the Lime ones, and they do some cool things like offering free helmets for use and some rigorous rules around safety and parking. They launched in Wellington in the middle of June and are now, at the end of July, launching their full fleet of scooters on the streets of Auckland. How was it that two chaps are taking on the big players? What does it take to get something like this going? And what is next for Flamingo Scooters? To talk the journey to here, co-founders Nick Highland and Jackson Love join us now. Kelda, good morning. Good morning. Hey, thanks for being here. Hey, Nick, first up, how did you guys get interested in last mile mobility? And what were you up to beforehand? Um, yeah, I guess we've both always had a real interest for kind of transport and how we move. And it's one of those kind of sectors that you know, cities continue to grow, population density increases, and the way that we move is always the challenge that's ever increasing, especially last mile with the way that kind of like cities are changing. Um, <laughs> beforehand, I was a software engineer, Jackson was an accountant, and we just kind of, yeah, dabbled in the space for quite a bit, had a few other startups that we tried around with and then found electric scooter sharing while traveling overseas and kind of thought, wow, <laughs> we need to try this in New Zealand. When, when was that? When did you guys get interested in the scooters? Um, I, think I was traveling in San Francisco about just over a year ago and saw it, you know, just starting off over there. And then, yeah, came right back and we got to work on how we could start something in New Zealand. What do you actually have to do? Like, how do you go from going, okay, I see these cool bird scooters and I see that they're getting kind of big energy behind them. How do we get that going in Wellington? Yeah, so a lot of the work at the start was working closely with the local governments and councils to ensure that we could um, bring the scooters in a way that would be safe and deliver value to the New Zealand communities. And then, yeah, from there, um, building an awesome team around us who shared that same vision of providing a really fun, safe and easy way to move around our cities. And and how does that process go? Like, do you just kind of rock up to the council, Jackson? Or do you, um, yeah, like, like is, is it something you can just kind of Google? Like, how does one go about getting a fleet of scooters on the streets? 
Yeah, so building that initial relationship with the councils and the government, you effectively do just rock on up <laughs> and start that conversation, yeah. yeah. It's quite funny. I mean, I remember a year ago, first emailing like Auckland Council and saying, hey, we want to put 50 scooters on the streets of Auckland. And now one year later, there's 500 that were put on. <laughs> and it's really scaled up over the time as the kind of industry's growing. And is that different? Because it seems like some of those... Um, sharing schemes or the dockless bikes or whatever they just kind of have a um, do it and ask permission you know it's easier to beg forgiveness than ask permission approach but you two have gone through the correct channels yeah it's taken us a bit longer to try and go through the correct channels but it's definitely paid off to have a good relationship mm. with the councils and it really works better for the long term for the community as well and and although you nick had a background in software engineering I imagine it's quite a big process to go about uh, creating an app for the consumer, creating uh, all of the back-end technology to be able to run uh, and, and track your scooters and let people know where they are, um, to actually like buy a fleet and set them up. Like, How, how do you go about building that, and, and what kind of investment and time does it take? Oh, it takes a lot of time. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you're a startup, you got to have a hand for everything. you got to be able to try and do everything. And that's most fun about it is that every day is different and you get to try. One day you're building an app, next day you're ordering scooters, one day you're like unloading a truck and you're vacuuming a floor. That's <laughs> <laughs> everything you get to do. How, how did you go about getting the support to get it going? Yeah, so we went down the private equity path and we've got a small group of investors who share that vision of Flamingo and can see it as a really good way of changing the way people move around our cities. And we, yeah, we were lucky to have some close business contacts who were able to put us in contact with like-minded entrepreneurial type investors. What's the business case? I've seen some articles on the internet that say, that people have been doing some back-of-the-envelope calculations and they've gone, well, if the scooter costs you a couple hundred bucks and if you're renting it out 60% of the time and you're charging a dollar a kilometre or whatever, they're like, wow, it could pay back in a matter of weeks. Is that the case? There are a number of factors that come into it, obviously. <laughs> and yeah, one one might be slightly different to what you read online is we have chosen a really reliable and safe scooter with Segway. So they're a reputable brand who have been providing mobility solutions to the world for almost 20 years now so there's a lot that goes into it for sure yeah <laughs> lots of different factors so it's not a simple kind of couple of week payback but i imagine it must be pretty good um must must be a pretty good business case to be getting the support and having all these companies giving it a crack mm. yeah so there's definitely um balancing sort of the interests of our investors and the ones who are backing us and just the customers and ensuring that we're providing community and the public a great service yeah. and what does that service look like like uh, how's it going in wellington um and and tell me about the idea of the helmets yeah so we've been overwhelmed by the support in wellington it's been so cool to see people start their journey with flamingo and we've um yeah awesome the support we've got so far the helmets have been so cool as well we've had hundreds and hundreds of helmet orders and we've been yeah so so overwhelmed by just how seriously people are taking safety and getting on board with the free helmets that we offer. What's the safety setup that you run? So we have the free helmets. We also have safety ambassadors out on the street monitoring that rider behavior. 
We also uh, utilize geofence technology, so we're able to enforce any no parking, no riding, and low speed zones. And what are those zones? Because there are, as part of the Wellington Council trial, these areas, you just can't use them, aren't there? Yep, so like Cuba Mall and the Botanic Gardens in Wellington are no riding zones where you can't ride it, so we just disable the throttle and slow the scooter down and kind of alert the user that they can't ride it there. Yeah, then we have no parking zones where they can't in their ride and then low speed zones where the scooter automatically reduces their speed. And that's in Auckland City as well, in CBD, yeah. Yeah, and tell me about getting up and going in Auckland. Was that different than the Wellington Council? It seems much more orderly the way that it's happened in Wellington than Auckland where, you know, you wake up one day and there's a whole lot of uh, scooters everywhere and they have unlimited kind of speed and then you get six months of media stories about ACC injuries. I mean, I think it is different that Wellington came, started their trial later. Definitely a lot more knowledge to go off and a lot more kind of information to kind of build the trial around. I know the councils do work together and share information, which was probably supportive and helpful in generating that trial too. And yeah, Auckland's always losing. I know I'm learning as well. So this is the second phase of the trial and I know that we're working with them closely to provide a lot of information around how it's working differently and what we can do for the future to improve it. What what makes these scooters different than I think a lot of listeners probably would have had a had a go on a Lime scooter? How are they kind of different, the the ones that you're using, the Segway ones? So the Segway ones have a lot of fancy features in them. So we've got electronic braking on the front and a rear brake at the back. Um they're a bit more fancy with the speed and yeah um some riders notice that it's slightly lower so it can oh. be a more comfortable ride for um the shorter Aucklanders and Wellingtonians and <laughs> <laughs> in, in terms of like those um those safety concerns do you work with ACC on that because that's been one of the consistent kind of stories in the media this um tracking the number of injuries related to scooters so we've been lucky enough not to have to work with ACC just yet, um, but no, yeah, not at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to trying to get something like this off the ground, did people tell you you were kind of bananas to be trying to do something when they're, when they're hearing all these stories of these massive venture capital-backed companies and the Ubers of the world being involved in it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All the time, even the parents. <laughs> I guess it's one of those things where it was it's an interesting kind of business where you get a permit in a city, which really kind of allows you to get, you know, the kind of paperwork done first and then really give it a go and have like that kind of secured time frame to have it, where it's not just a free for all, which really kind of gave us time. I don't know why, they were quite supportive of us having a bit of time to kind of get the scooters ready and all that kind of tech sorted and really tested well and rigorously to have a good trial, which was very good, and that they were quite supportive of our kind of proposal and really, yeah. So yeah, it was good that way. How does it feel to, like, see a scooter on the street and see someone riding your kind of very um, distinctive bright pink uh, scooter in the face of people having said, oh, well, you'll never get that going? So it's exciting. <laughs> it's quite weird because you never really realise the day that we launched this fact, it's all just kind of blurred together, very tired, <laughs> not me, not much sleep kind of thing. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe we've launched that long ago. Mm. So yeah, it's always exciting to see and yeah, it's like, wow. How do you get all the bits of the business going? Like, um, for example, the juices, the people that have to like drive around in their utes and pick them all up and charge them and get them back on the street. 
So we call those flamingo feeders. So very similar, <laughs> um, similar model where, yeah, we have a really cool bunch of contractors who pick up the scooters every night and get them charged back out in the street. And is that something that um, are people able to just kind of get involved and be part of that as it keeps growing? Or is that like a, are they kind of employees of yours or? Yeah, so there's sort of a application process that they go through and we're always sort of got a wait list at the moment in both Wellington and Auckland. But always if, um, yeah, people are interested in earning a little bit of money on the side, really cool way to supplement their income, um, able to sort of pre-register through the website and join that waiting list, yeah. What have you learnt so far that's surprised you? Every day we learn something yeah. new. Um, Every day is a surprise, really. <laughs> I mean, how fast you have to adapt to everything. I mean, there's problems on the daily and that you always just got to have a thinking hat on about how you can get around them. <laughs> it's weird going from running your own business, you know, from working to someone and all of a sudden all the problems always seem to flow up to you and you're always the decision maker. So always having to think quickly. And React stuff is always yeah, one of the surprising things. How's it tracked against the business plan that you wrote? Yeah, it's been awesome seeing the um, support. Like, we've been overwhelmed by just how much Kiwis have gotten behind the local brand and um, support us and start their, rival journey, uh, start their journey with Flamingo. And in terms of, like, the number of scooters on the street and the number of um, rides happening and stuff, like... Um, I'm always interested to see if, like, you know, you put a pitch deck out and you go and talk to investors and stuff. And, yeah, has it tracked to, to the plan or is it better or uh, is it is it different? Yeah, so we're sort of just only yesterday launched in Auckland, so still waiting to see how exactly that, um, how those numbers come through and how that compares to what we expected. But so far, Wellington's been really, really awesome. And, yeah, it's tracking along as we expected. And so Wellington's going, Auckland's just starting. Mm-hmm. Are there plans to kind of get the flamingo flying elsewhere? Yeah, so we start down in Christchurch at the start of September. Just um, Scooters have just arrived down there, so ready to get them up and running the start of spring. And then the focus at the start's really on those three, getting them up and running, ensuring that we're providing a really fun, safe and um, good service to those three cities and then definitely would be looking to see where else flamingo can go and why flamingo like it's a really cool kind of colorful fun friendly was that was that the idea in the face of these corporate monoliths that are your competitors <laughs> yeah i mean like flamingos are a cool animal you can kind of see a re- resemblance with the neck of a flamingo in a scooter we thought bit of a stretch now maybe <laughs> but yeah we just want to be that cool kind of pop and pop culture kind of brand and yeah the bright pink really stands out on the street yeah, it's cool. It definitely works. And do you have advice for other entrepreneurs who might be? Because um, it wasn't your first startup, was it? And and so, like, did did you learn things from those other startups that helped you along the the way? Yeah, <laughs> I think dream big and just don't try to do it alone. Get an awesome team around you that sort of shares the same vision and um, bring them along for the journey. Yeah, and give everything a go. I mean, like one thing think you know learned in other startups is you can always kind of be like your product will never be ready and always just trying to get as soon as we can i think we're lucky with the scooters about really having dates that we have to work to and you really do work to a date when you have it and you have to launch and kind of stuff and we really pulled through on that which was fun to see and yeah and how will you define success like you know in a couple of years what, what would you like to see flamingo scooters be 
I mean, we'd like to be the go-to kind of transport solution for Kiwis around the country. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to really define that <laughs> when it is because it's always changing, goals are always moving. But yeah, we'd like to be that kind of household name for Rider Flamingo there. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, co-founders of Flamingo Scooters, Nick Highland and Jackson Love. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having us. Looking forward to seeing where it goes next. You can find them now distinctively pink on the streets of Auckland, Wellington, and soon to be Christchurch. Thank you very much, Tina Tiller, for producing, and thank you very much for having us along and listening. Uh, If you are a fan and follower of the spin-off, make sure you check out the spin-off members, uh, a program where you're able to get behind and support and choose and shape the investigative journalism that the spin-off provides. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by the spin-off and Callahan Innovation. From the spin-off podcast network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.